0: Hi, welcome to She Says Says with the Drum in association with Frank and Lively and powered by Scramble Studios. My name is Sunu Singh from the Drum and I'm your host today. We're discussing the culture of male entitlement and how we can achieve change. And with me, I have Alexandra Prince, an entrepreneur, an empowerment coach, a former hostess at the President's Club and a former model. She has lots of stories to share with us. Hi, Alexandra. Hi, lovely to be with you today. Well, welcome. Uh, Shall we start right uh, with the furore that erupted uh, at the President's Club charity following the FT investigation, revealing how hostesses were groped, sexually harassed and propositioned. Uh, tell us a bit about your experience and, and um, how many years ago were you there and what was it like for you?
1: So I have worked at the President's Club twice, and the most recent time would have been still about four years ago. And uh, I'm going to use that time because it's closer to 2018 as the experience that I had, although both were very, very positive experiences. Um, I really, really just feel that it was an amazing event. Like, they were raising money for charity it was positive the atmosphere was great I was working the event with friends of mine um, who have been in this industry for many years throughout um, our 20s we worked as promotional hostesses as models we've been grid girls we've done the boxing ring I mean we've done it all because you find that when you are um, one of those girls that that you're kind of in like a a club of, of of women that all do this work and We're either um, at the time like actresses or you're trying to set up other business enterprises and you use these events to earn extra money so that you can be pursuing your dreams. But also, as everybody needs to in those positions, if you're an entrepreneur or some kind of aspiring actress, you need to earn Extra money, so that's why we were there. Um, And the gentlemen that we would be at those events are very affluent businessmen, some of, obviously, the most wealthy, um, powerful... Entitled, you might say. Entitled, yes. (laughs) We can use that word. Men in the UK, some of them uh, coming over from across the seas as well, um, from other countries. And, of course, it was an event in which the women were paraded as being you know beautiful women we'd come on to i don't remember exactly the song that we came on to and i remember reading the the article and apparently it was here come the girls and i can't recall that it was exactly that so don't quote me here but it was something along those lines and we all came in and we were dressed in nice black dresses and pretty black dresses nice glamorous makeup nice heels and it was all a bit of a show but it was fun It was tongue-in-cheek, here come the girls, we're here to G you up, we're here to help you spend money and raise money for charity. Let's have some fun with it. It wasn't, in in my eyes, that wasn't really sexist or...
0: Can I say the most uh, surprising thing um, from my part was that it took... FT journalist to go in and look at, at almost breaking that, you know, some kind of misogynistic bubble, so to speak. Uh, because from from what I can see, there there weren't any formal complaints in the 30 or 30 odd years of the President's Club. However, it is 2018. And I, I just wonder, because the times have changed, and uh, as you said, you were there uh, before the 2018 scandal erupted, whether... Uh, what's been happening now and whether the story in 2018 reminds us almost of the the, the power that is still set up to exclude women.
1: I think, obviously, there was an article and a journalist, a hidden journalist there, because it was 2018 and there has been the Me Too movement. movement. And I don't believe if we hadn't had the Me Too movement... I don't necessarily think there would have been a journalist undercover at that event. Um, And I sometimes feel personally that the media are looking to utilise and to almost abuse things that happen such as Me Too and they look for a negative story to portray, let's say in this instance, men in a really negative light to try and almost convince people that this everything that is going on in all these different industries is in complete uproar and us women need to stand up against it and men are awful and this sh- this has been going on for years and it shouldn't be happening, but I don't believe that.
0: Oh, men are bloody awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that I do believe, yeah. <laughs> you, you,
0: you, you, uh, you are creating some controversy here because um, uh, because your journey, your personal journey is interesting because mm-hmm. from... from uh, as you said, from being one of those those hostesses, being one of those girls who was being paraded and was on show, you are now an entrepreneur that coaches everything about female empowerment.
1: I just see that there's a bit of irony there. It's interesting that you obviously, and I understand why you feel there is some irony in that, but I think that's almost how I really market myself in the industry as someone who has seen both sides of what it's like to a be disempowered by a man and because I have been in toxic abusive relationships with men from different backgrounds one extremely wealthy one not so much though this isn't so much a power or financial struggle but on the other hand I have been a girl that has used my sexual oh no sexuality is the wrong word your gender i've used my gender and i've used my looks in terms of my presentation to uh, get myself around certain men powerful men in powerful industries to actually invite myself into a circle so, so that i could use that to present business opportunities to those people. Does that make sense?
0: I suppose what I'm really curious about is that the world as it exists today is almost codified um, as as male because most of the the rules, it seems, whether it is cultural, structural, uh, political, economic, uh, businesses, because corporate world is still run by men, they're all codified by men. And your personal journey as being a model of uh, being one of the hostesses at the President's Club. I just wonder whether you ever thought about changing the structure rather than fitting into the structure and using your gender, as you said, um, in order to uh, almost break through. Uh, That, to me, is slightly confusing, I think.
1: So changing the structure in what respect?
0: Changing the structure as it exists. So in order to, basically, what you're talking about is easily fitting women into the structures that have been codified by men already.
1: I don't think too much about these kind of things, if I'm really honest with you. And I think that's where I feel like everything is being overthought in all of these areas. And I understand that we need to challenge certain things. And I'm... I'm in awe of the the women that stood up, the suffragettes, to get us the right to vote and to empower us. But I feel that we should just do what feels right to us. If we want to be a hostess who goes out and is enjoyed for what she looks like and at the same time earns some money, is around a good environment, which they're raising incredible amounts of money for charity and we feel comfortable, then that's our prerogative. No one puts a gun to your head and says, you've got to go and be a hostess. We decide to take that position but
0: at the same time what obviously is uh, is not acceptable is the treatment of of women and that's what I mean about the power structures that need to change because it is not just in terms of the treatment or the or the attitudes uh, towards women but also in terms of who's included and going back to the president's club again it is the women are almost excluded they are the, at the fringes they are at the periphery whether or not you're putting a gun to their heads they're not part of the 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 group of very powerful men who seem to be running the show whether it is in 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 aid of philanthropy or not
1: okay so why doesn't a powerful women and there are many out there many of whom i who i admire immensely Create a similar event and invite men to come in their beautiful suits with incredible physiques and let us raise money in the same way for the same cause, which is helping, for example, sick sick children, which was uh, what they do at the President's Club. Why can't we do that? That's my argument. The men have decided to create this event. Why can't a woman stand up and and create this event? I
0: suppose it's the exclusion of the sexes is is my question, whether you need to, to have an us or them Um, situation
1: I think that we can have both I think we can have female only events I think we can have male only events and I think we can have events where we come together the main point that I like to focus on is whatever it is we are doing let's focus on the good that is uh, coming out of that, that that situation so if we are going to have a president's club dinner and there are girls who choose to be there and be sexy let's make some money for charity and let's create a difference in the world Talking about doing good, um, can we uh, go a bit,
0: before we we start talking about your role as an empowerment coach, can we talk a bit about uh, your role as a former agency boxing ring girl's um, What did that entail and what was your experience like running an agency, providing those girls?
1: Yeah, so it was really very simple, if I'm honest. Um, I met connections through having been in the promotional modeling world for many years. And rather than going to other agents, in the end, they just said, why don't we set you up direct? They had a boxing match on. I provided the girls. It was that simple.
0: And in terms of experience, again, uh, was it quite similar to, say, what has been reported um, when it comes to the President Club?
1: Absolutely not. Girls loved to do it. We were not, we were whistled at. Yes, I mean, I used to be one of the ring girls, even when I was providing the girls. We were whistled at. We'd go on with our our ring number, you know, round one, round two, round three. The crowd would cheer and I would feel amazing. And I was empowered as a woman that enjoyed the fact that people wanted to cheer me in the ring. And I was creating a bit of fun for the two minutes or whatever, however long it is. I can't remember that, you know, they have the the in. intervals between the rounds.
0: So objectification is not really an issue that you you think I, much
1: I, about. I, no, I can only go on, and this is the thing, you know, some people probably want to shoot me right now, okay? <laughs> and I can imagine, you know, haters <laughs> and say, empowerment coach, this woman needs to be go down. But we all have our our own opinions and I embrace anybody to come and challenge me. I'm just saying from my opinion, I loved it. The girls who I used to put up there, they loved it. It was it was fun. And this is what I believe that we are losing. As Anne Whittacombe said in her interview with Piers Morgan on ITV, uh, Good Morning Britain, you know, we're losing the cheerfulness. And you think the cheerfulness comes in
0: form of uh, how we look, how we present ourselves, or again, going back to, and this may be slightly harsh and, and me being rather cynical uh, and, and too much of a feminist with a, with the capital F, because these are, again, uh, cultural... Uh, rules almost that have been set up by men I would like to believe where a woman needs to look like a certain shape or needs to look like a
1: certain type but uh, this is only one industry let's say that we're talking about where it's been for years women have been used as uh, attractive and I don't want to i got to be careful what I say here where women have been used oh, almost yeah as like an attractive Decoration. I I just want. I I think I'm
0: going back to
1: um,
0: the codification of our society of our cultural values, Uh, and I think what concerns me most is that the the sense of fun, as you talked about, or as Anne uh, Widdecombe said, um, it doesn't quite equate to say the Me Too uh, movement. You know, it's not about equality. It is about uh, what women are supposed to look like, what women are supposed to, to um, what what certain shape women should be. It's those values around objectification is what a lot of women seem to
1: be protesting against. Who's choosing that we are supposed to look like this? Who's who's choosing that? Well, if the media is putting
0: certain standards. And you look at all the stats that are available about the um, kinds of different kinds of depressions amongst uh, young uh, women, young females. Of which
1: I know a lot of those women.
0: Yes. Uh, And indeed, uh, most of us would. Um, Would you not say that those are certain standards that have been across media? So whether it is... um, modeling, whether it is in films, what we are being seen is, again, a a setup that was prescribed by a very male-dominated society. It is still a system of patriarchy that we seem to be living in.
1: So as a coach, and if you were a client who was coming to me with that problem, the first thing I say is, you have to take back your personal power. Are you choosing... To decide that the media makes you feel a certain way you choose whether you want to conform to this to society's supposed standards or you can say I'm going to stand up for my own beliefs and I don't want to be labeled as having to be a certain way and I'm going to make that choice to do whatever it is and be however I want to be We have the Kardashian chaos where Kim is talking girl power and everything about being, you know, embracing yourself. Yet she's posting endless pictures of herself naked. And I don't personally believe that that is feminism because... As somebody who has studied the mind and as a behaviour change expert, if you like, she is looking for validation consistently from her audience and she is using the media to do that. And she is sending very confused messages to young women because actually I don't believe that she is standing in her truth. I think she's a very, very insecure woman.
0: I think you're almost being slightly contrary there, but I just want to go back a little bit where you, where you use this phrase, supposed choice. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's a stat I have where, um, going back to the world of business, because obviously that's, that's where you are at the moment, that 96% of FTSE uh, 350 chief execs are men. Mm. And you know what does that mean? That in an average gathering of 100 business heads, there'll be only four
1: That would be women. See, I understand your statistics, but I work part-time in financial services. I've just played an integral role in... um... Which is,
0: again, very male-dominated. It
1: is. It is. And I've been used to that environment and I've been used to those kind of men for so long that perhaps maybe I just... I almost go along with the banter a little bit. I know when I walk into those kind of environments that it is going to be a bit like that. And I embrace it and go with it. Talking about embracing, does that
0: mean that we don't need to achieve change? Is that what you're saying?
1: I think we do need to achieve change, but I think most of all, we need to stop taking everything so seriously. Everything is just becoming so goddamn serious. Every Everything has to be questioned, every action, every, like, why? I personally don't like the news. So... Perhaps you know this isn't what you were expecting this interview to be. No, no, I don't expect anything.
0: It's, it's, it's actually fun doing. Yeah,
1: this. yeah, no, definitely, well, it's fun for me, even though people might hate me.
0: <laughs> so sorry, you were saying yeah. you don't you don't like the news.
1: Uh, I don't I don't like the news. I find it exceptionally negative. I do realize that we have to understand what is going on in the world, but I personally have managed to empower my own life through just truly doing what makes me feel good and what aligns to me. And if something doesn't suit me, as opposed to going and, like, protesting against it, I just don't have it in my life. I don't allow that energy into my life. I'll switch off. But isn't that the point, that you have reached that stage of your life where you
0: actually have, without probably realising it, where you have the power to walk away, where you have the power to say no... But if you were to say, look at women who don't quite have, uh, who, who are not allowed to either walk away or to say no, that is where the, the question about challenging it, the question about, uh, yes, this is right because this feels good right now. But when I'm, I am not uncomfortable, but I want to move away from it, whatever that situation might be, that's the time when you protest. That's the time when, when you start asking uh, the right questions. So let me ask you the question, how the hell do we actually achieve change?
1: Well, of course, we need change. We need change. That's apparent because of the rise. You can see what's going on in the media. Uh, Me Too, it blew up. And that was because people are obviously desperate to speak, but are unafraid to speak. I am a victim of Me Too. Uh, At the age of 17, when I was approached to be in a girl band and I was really pressured by the manager of that girl band, who was, you know, about 50, to do inappropriate things if I wanted to keep my contract. Now, when you're a 17-year-old girl and you've seen the Spice Girls and you want to be that next Spice Girl and you believe you can be that Spice Girl, it is a pressure to... not do those things that you're being asked to do. And that's why I completely and utterly relate to the actresses, for example, that came out in the Me Too scandal with the Harvey Harvey Weinstein scandal. But my first thing that I said when I found out about that was, would they have come out if they weren't A-listers now? They came out because they'd had their careers made and they were in a strong enough position to speak. Everybody has been wanting to speak, women, but they've not been strong enough or able to because they're not in the position of the A-listers or who already have their established foundations of their career built so that they still will be employed. Does that make sense? It does. And it's actually, you raise quite a
0: pertinent point. I did a uh, lunch uh, session with a young group of entrepreneurs, 20-something A very bright um, group of young girls. And the session was about what is our measure of success? How do we each view success? And at the age of 20, I suppose there is a bit about owning your own house, um, having a certain uh, role in, in terms of the power structures, the power hierarchies, having a uh, some sort of a, a title attached to your role as well, which is easily identifiable. Um, and when we were doing the rounds across the room, uh, it was quite interesting uh, to hear someone speak that actually one of them, who was slightly older, said that her view of success was, as you say, was uh, being able to say no. And that is what success meant to her. And I just wonder whether there needs to be some sort of education Uh, some sort of learning that we need to educate women as to how do you you get to that level of of being able to say no?
1: So what you're speaking about now is when I absolutely light up. This is music to my ears because this is what I believe I'm here to do. I honestly believe that when we talk about what is success, and I, I speak about this a lot, We think immediately, like you said, of external things. So we think about we need to have a house or to be promoted in my job or...
0: Lamborghini.
1: A Lamborghini, exactly. Millions of dollars in the bank. But we don't actually ask why do we want this money and what is money or what is that car going to do for us? Well, it's going to validate us. But actually what we need to work on and what we need to work on with young children from the get go, which we're not doing, is empowering them with their own self of confidence that the best thing you can possibly do for yourself is to give yourself permission to be yourself, whatever that looks like.
0: I Yay. have to thank uh, Alexander Prince uh, for um, being here in the studio with me. And thank you again, Frank and Lively and Scramble Studios. This is She Says Says with the drum.